The long-standing drought that's been pummeling parts of the U.S. has created a new problem both for farmers harvesting grain and potentially for next year's crop. Yep, we're talking about the Mississippi River and how its falling levels bring rising headaches for our transportation infrastructure. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. The United States is envied by many countries for its amazing infrastructure from trucks to trains to the river system. But there's a problem with one part of that infrastructure. It seems to be drying up. The Mississippi River actually closed recently to barge traffic and once reopened, there are now limits as water levels continue to decline. Ginger Rousey, Delta Farm Press, has been following the issue and we're talking about what this more shallow Mississippi might mean for farmers today and for 2023. And she shares some insights she gained when she talked to a tug captain who at the time was parked on the river. Ginger Rousey, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Uh, we're talking about something that uh, may be under the radar for some people. I know it's getting a little more attention, but this long-term drought we've been in is starting to impact one of the most critical transportation legs in the grain business, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, the Mississippi River transports about 40% of our nation's grain exports, and it's becoming critically low at a very critical time of year. And uh, we we have heard some reports of the closings that happened last week, and, and the, the river has been reopened with some restrictions. But the problem is, it without a it was a really significant rain in the forecast, and I know we're receiving some rain in parts of the world and of our country today. But without really significant rain, it looks like the river is only going to continue to drop, and uh, as we go into end of October, November, and getting down to really critically low levels. Uh, you mentioned it's already limited. Uh, you've characterized some of that in what you've written about. What are we talking about when we talk about what's really limiting? I mean, uh, less barges in the toes? What's going on? Right. So the uh, a lot of the barge companies had already reduced their uh, the number of tows, uh, barges in the tow to 25. Uh, and hmm. typically south of St. Louis, you may run 30 to 40. Uh, but they've limited that to 25. They're also limiting how heavy they're going to weigh those. I mean, how, how they, they'll load those. Mm -hmm. And so from what I understand, for each foot that the river drops, that's about 150 short tons, you know, 5,000 bushels less that they can put on that barge. So the barges are running lighter. There's fewer barges in the tow. Uh, and I think one of the uh, the contacts that I spoke with, Mike Steenhook uh, with Soy Transportation Coalition, he said, you know, you hear the term, you don't want to attach a garden hose to a fire hydrant, but this may be like drink attaching a drinking straw, <laughs> a straw uh -huh. to, to a fire hydrant, because uh, we're just really looking at some severe bottlenecking going on. Yeah, and this drought's been hanging around. Obviously, everybody looks out west at the drought out there, and it's significant. It's a 1,200-year drought. That's horrible. We know that. But this Midwest drought that's been lingering um, – it's significant. And when we talk about that, I think you talked to Steenhook about some of this. I would assume the grain terminals are starting to limit their flow and they do that by widening basis and saying to farmers, we don't want your grain. Exactly. Exactly. And I have talked with some farmers who have been told, you know, 
we'll accept what you've contracted, but nothing more. And then we are hearing reports about that basis widening um, much more than we typically see at, at this time of year. And uh, if I could pull this up very quickly, I have mm-hmm. some numbers. So, for example, and not just here in, in the south, but all no. along the, the river as north in, in western Tennessee, uh, as of yesterday, that the, the um, negative the basis was negative a dollar fifteen. Um, up in Aurora, Indiana, the basis was negative $1.29. And typically this time of year, it may be maybe 35 cents. So, you know, throughout kind of up and down the river, you're looking at about anywhere from 72 cents to a dollar and some change negative basis there. So, yeah, that's really starting to widen. And, uh, you know, you you feel for farmers who did not forward contract and do not have a lot of grain bin storage on their farm uh, they're going to be in a bind here. Yeah, that's more of a southern problem than a mm-hmm. northern problem, sure. but it is a problem because even right. up here in the in the north, we can't store all of our grain, and it needs to move. And elevators won't take it either if they can't move it to the terminal. So that that basis starts to widen all the way up the chain. Right, and even in those elevators that are inland, uh, they're getting a lot more business. They're having to shut down, you know, to just to process everything that they're receiving. So it's causing a lot of backup up just everywhere. Well, and we start we start closing the river system in another month and a half north of St. Louis. You know, it freezes or the, the flows get reduced significantly. So that becomes another problem. We're trying to get as much grain out of the north as we can to move it south. The river does not flow with grain all year long up north of uh, I can't remember the point, but there's places up here where, yes, the river doesn't freeze, but it's too narrow and the channel is not safe. So that becomes challenging, too. And what did Steenhook say about the winter? About the winter. Winter, yeah. Well, I mean, did he say this was going to end? or? Oh, yeah, it? well, I mean, so as, as we talked about it, I mean, this we, we've kind of all become really aware of it maybe in the past month or so, but this has been an ongoing thing. I mean, it started because there was not, according to, to Mike, not a lot of, of snow in Montana this winter. Right. And then, of course, we saw this intense drought all summer. So it's not just something that suddenly happened, and it's not just something that's going to go away uh, with a couple of rain showers. Um, you know, th- as dry as it is everywhere, when this rain comes, the ground's just going to soak it up like a sponge. We're not going to see a lot of uh, intense, you know, runoff or anything. And, uh, you know, no big hurricanes in the forecast. Uh, that's something that usually brings a lot of rain this time of year. And and we're glad that they're not for, for harvest reasons. But at the same time, we're just not seeing that that uh, that water that we typically get. But as far as looking ahead, yeah, this could even be an issue going into spring as we're trying to, you know, now we're trying to get things out. But this spring, as we're trying to get fertilizer and, and crop inputs in, mm-hmm. we we're, may see, see trouble doing that. Yeah, that's the other issue. Everybody thinks about the grain going south, but there are mm-hmm. a lot of fertilizer comes out of Nolens and moves north along mm-hmm. that same road, river road, as it were. And if they have to start trucking it, it's already expensive enough. So that's going to be it a challenge. Is. And then, of course, the news about the rail uh, that we thought we had a deal. Maybe maybe there's not going to be a deal with rail. As we saw one of the unions vote down the the deal that Biden struck, you know, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a very precarious time, it feels like, for transportation. And, and uh, you know, here's something that's really out of everyone's control, the river volume and that depth. Uh, so it's just a just a tough time right now. Well, you know, it's frustrating from the standpoint is if you think about the United States, we have a 
gold standard transportation system, the best highways, the best rail, the best river system. And it seems like all of it's kind of letting us down right now. It is. It's it's what really sets us apart from any other uh, major ag producing country. Brazil, for example, they they would kill for our infrastructure. And then, like you said, this year, our, our infrastructure has really been a, a bit of a letdown. Yeah, it's definitely true. One thing that you pointed out in one of your stories was I thought was interesting is, you know, I understand every 10 years or so the flows are low enough that saltwater moves north. We're seeing that again this year, aren't we? We are seeing that. That was that was something new. I've, I've learned a lot over the past week or so. That you have. <laughs> I've researched this. But yes, actually, that saltwater is beginning to flow upstream into New Orleans. And so you typically the river, the flow of the river is strong enough to keep that saltwater in the Gulf of Mexico. But when it gets so low, it does start to move up in what they call a wedge. And it's the, the saltwater kind of what kind of clumps up there at the bottom of, of the riverbed, but it's moving upstream. And so it could impact, you know, drinking water, municipal water supplies uh, as, as it moves upstream. So uh, Army Corps of Engineers will actually be starting a, a project to to create a, a seal to, to keep that water out. And of course, that's only going to create further complications as we try to uh, to to move all of this uh, grain out. So when we talked before we went in recording this last weekend, um, the 6th, I think, the river closed right. in two places. That must have been amazing. What did you hear about that one? Well, you know, I, I, I actually interviewed a barge captain. Um, his name is Eric Bado, and he has been a captain of a tugboat for 40 years. He's been working on the river and, and nearly 50 that he's been on the river altogether. So tons of experience. And when I talk to Eric, Eric's typical run is uh, he'll go up to Morris, Illinois, pick up barges there, come down the Illinois River where it meets the Mississippi mm-hmm. and then come down to New Orleans. Typically, that trip takes about eight days one way. And uh, especially coming down the river, coming down the river Mm -hmm. takes about eight days. When I spoke to Eric and it was on that Thursday, October 6th, he had been on the water two weeks, not yet made it to Memphis. That kind of gives you an idea of how slow things are going. It's just so congested. And the the bad thing about that is Eric, the day I spoke with him, had not moved all day. And there he is, you know, having to run fuel, burn Mm -hmm. fuel to fight that current to not move downstream he said, and he told me, and I'll pull it up. He, he knew exactly because he was checking the gauges that he <laughs> burned 2,367 gallons of diesel fuel just sitting there, and he estimates that that cost about $10,000 a day. Yeah, that's just that's what they call station keeping. They're not moving, but right. they have to fight the current, and they don't right. anchor. They don't do that. That's not how you do that with barges. So that's right. interesting. Yeah. Wow. Was he was he mildly frustrated? Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> and I was asking him, you know, how, how's your crew taking it? He has a crew of about nine people. I mean, yeah. what, I mean, he said, I mean, they're they're ready to get moving, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he said they've been keeping busy and, and that sort of thing. But another issue that's kind of creating some problems itself is that just like every other industry, you know, the, the tugboat, towboat, you know, that that industry is facing huge labor shortages. Um and having it, they're so shorthanded. And even Eric told me on this trip, he's gone through, he's on his third pilot. So, uh, you know, people, people will just get frustrated and at the next stop, they get off or they just do not, don't commit to stay any longer than they said and they leave. 
um, in the middle of a trip. And um, so that was that's frustrating for him, I think, the labor and finding staff. But then what's contributing to this problem is you have a lot of inexperienced captains and pilots out there who who have not been navigating this river and and maybe don't understand. And perhaps that inexperience is leading to some some bad decisions. And that's where we're seeing a lot of these groundings. And and, and he didn't want to say that that every issue, instance of grounding was an inexperienced dry, uh, pilot. But you know, that's that's going to contribute to some things. Well, that channel is narrowed up. And if you're not an experienced mm-hmm. pilot on that river, that could be a real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's kind of goofy. I mean, farmers listening to this are probably as baffled as you and I are. This idea that you would just throw up your hands and leave a job. Yes. Is alien to me and to any farmer listening to this. Yeah, just uh, walk out of the tractor and have a nice day. I mean, I don't even I mean, uh, for a lot of us, this changing labor market, this apparent freedom people have to just walk away from a job. It's crimping so much style. But it's also I think for those of us that don't think that way, we're frustrated (laughs) because it's like, how the heck do you think you can do that? And And then you're making it hard on everybody else, which is exactly. really a challenge. And that's why sure. you have someone who's been working for 50 years still having to work. I mean, he's he does not want to be. And he's on the river, he said, 42 days at once, home for 14. Um, he, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want to be working that much. But I mean, somebody's got to do it. Thank goodness. Yeah, the good. Um, yeah. But now he knows what it's like to be a farmer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, we just we work because we have to, you know, that kind of thing. But I think I appreciate his frustration because he's worked a life that's got a certain rhythm, just like we do in in, in farming. And this is all messed up and I'm not seeing mm-hmm. an end to it. Obviously, you and I just discussed this earlier that we, we've heard commentary from the Army Corps of Engineers that they're committed to maintaining a nine foot channel. I don't think they say how white it'll be. So that's why we've narrowed up all the barge toes, which is interesting. So, yeah, it's it's not looking good. And I think people need to understand if you can book your fertilizer and lock in some kind of a price, even if it means taking delivery, you probably still want to look at that now. Probably. So, you know, looking ahead at forecast um, from the National Weather Service in mm-hmm. Memphis, uh, by the by the first of November, they're forecasting the river stage in Memphis to be at negative nine point seven. Now that uh, is going to be just right below that twenty twelve level of negative nine point eight and just a foot less than that all time bad the you know nineteen eighty eight which is really yep. just sort of benchmark in in droughts. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see the situation getting better, and I wish I had good news. It's so odd, though, because this drought doesn't feel other than the river. It doesn't feel the same way. No, you know, you're I, right. you know, I remember fields of dead corn. Everybody's I'm looking at my Twitter feed. Everybody's corn and beans actually look OK. You it's know, a very strange drought the way this it is. Worked. And we it's it what's crazy because and I, I did a story with a farmer in Tennessee just this week uh, talking about cotton and his mm-hmm. cotton is beautiful. I mean, and 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 getting great yields. And you think about this: some this cotton went six weeks without a drop of rain. It's dry land cotton, and it looks beautiful. I mean, just some timely rains here and there, just enough to keep the cotton going. But again, we're <laughs> everything else is is still so dry. So, yeah, I think you know one thing for about that, and sort of sort of a different topic for a different day, maybe. But just the way our crop genetics just in. Oh every- no, I was going to mention that genetics yeah. have made a huge difference. Yes, I mean, at, ten years ago in 2012, had we had the drought we had this year, we probably yeah. wouldn't be seeing the yields that we we were still able to achieve. 
know, these these uh, crops, you know, plant breeders have been busy and they've been mm-hmm. doing a great job. <laughs> There's no question. I'm looking forward to I'm headed uh, south this week. Uh, the, the, after this podcast, I'm headed south to Moultrie, Georgia, and I'm looking forward to seeing some cotton myself. So it's going to be fun. Well, Ginger Rousey, always good to chat with you. Keep up uh, the news and keep us posted on what's going on with the Mississippi River. And everybody can read that at farmprogress.com. And uh, you have a great day. Okay, thanks, Willie. Thanks to Ginger Rousey for that insightful look at problems facing the Mississippi River transportation system. She also mentioned that one rail union has voted no for the Biden administration compromise contract, which creates another transportation headache. If it's not one thing, it's another. We could really use some good news. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress, and you're going to hear the latest episode. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs. And our events, including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, the Farm Futures Business Summit, and the New York Farm Show. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.